And happy Friday to you. Uh, this is Gretchen Crump, and I am with you with Heart of the Matter on Lift Your Spirits. I'm going to be joining you on the second Friday of every month on KKNW 1150, bringing together people from the bioregion who are bringing their creativity into form to make our lives richer and fuller. Yeah. Nice to hear Falana's tune. She's going to be with us later this morning. Um, and we're going to also have Reese Thorvald Hansen with us today. But I'm landing in the spot where our beautiful Dina Marie has lifted spirits for such a long time. And I'm really honored to have uh, Second Fridays in this fall as she's making some space in her life to do some other creative things. Dina Marie certainly has been a, a great guide in my life, teaching me a lot about how to be present in myself and uh, paying attention to what's surrounding me. And um, she's been a part of this great Salish Sea bioregion, weaving community, and she's woven me into this thread. So I'm here on Fridays, second Friday of the month, to lift your spirits. Um, I decided to call this show Heart of the Matter because it's um, really core. Uh, the heart is uh, a totem for me, and uh, the space where I live tends to be in the heart of community. Um, I want to really acknowledge the, the lands that I'm on that are part of the Coast Salish Lummi and Samish and Swinomish have known this island for so much longer than I have, um, but I'm really grateful to be on this land and in this uh, Northwest bioregion. And when I came out here, it was in 1989, and uh, Don Henley had produced a song that year called Heart of the Matter. And it was uh, one of those anthems in my life very early on and has stayed with me. Um, and it's held me when times have been challenging and I'm uh, moving through transitions. Um, and I think right now, especially the phrase in that song about these times are so uncertain, there's a yearning undefined and people filled with rage we all need a little tenderness. How can love survive in such a graceless age? And the trust and self-assurance that leads to happiness are the very things we kill, I guess. Pride and competition cannot fill these empty arms and the world or work I've put between us, you know, it doesn't keep us warm. And having grown through the 80s and the 90s and making some shifts in my life to um, live more simply, be in a place where I know the people who grow my food, uh, raising my kids in a community where they could walk and ride bikes and ski and snowboard and come back home again. Um, is a life lived well. So I want to create a space and um, open space for people to share what is really the heart of their matter right now, where they are in uh, their process, 
what they're seeing through these times of great change and um, how they're holding hope, um, not going to cynicism and what they're doing to lift their spirits. So that's going to be the, the space I want to create. And um, the people that I've got joining me today are very much in that same weave of bringing their creative spark and their um, ingenuity and their truth to um, the communities that they're a part of as well. So there was a poem that uh, came into my feed this morning and it was a really potent reminder of how connected we are and how amazing these times are. I would love to take a moment to share it with you because I think it speaks so spectacularly to um, settling into what's possible, how we can be um, there with and for each other. Um, there's a lot of folks that are feeling isolated. I know that um, people are feeling uncertain and the ability to dance and live in emergence is a skill that we need to muster and tapping into our intuition is a way to listen to what we need in our heart um, and in our mind and in our body to move forward. So um, I'm gonna take us to a break and uh, bring my first guest along when we come back. So Reese Thorvid Helmson will be joining us when we come back in a moment. This is KKNW 1150 and we'll see you in a little bit. Is ADHD or dyslexia holding you or someone you love back? Do you struggle to organize, process information, concentrate, or even remember things? Or has a brain injury impacted your life? At A Bit Better Brain, we have a simple, fast, and natural solution. The brain integration technique clears the blocked pathways in your brain so you can live life unhindered. Visit abitbetterbrain.com to hear real stories of real transformation. That's abitbetterbrain.com. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You'll receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island Time is waiting for you. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit TrueHealth.com, that's T-R-U-Health.com, and schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. 
Don't miss out. Just two weeks left to pick fresh organic blueberries at Hazel Blue Acres in Silvana. Exit 208 off I-5. It's a great activity for friends, family, and it's COVID safe. After mid-September, place an online order at hazelblueacres.com. Curbside pickup Tuesdays 2 to 6, Saturdays 9 to 2. Buy a famous Whidbey Island Wild Crow Organic Blueberry Pie, blueberries, hazelnuts, or wild-caught salmon. Visit hazelblueacres.com today and place your order. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. And welcome back. Hi, this is Gretchen with Heart of the Matter. I'm on Lift Your Spirits Radio here at KKNW 1150. And if you're just joining us, um, this is my first time hosting my own show. And it's so exciting to be with you, Benny. I'm really grateful that Dina Marie has given me the opportunity to spend my second Fridays with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And I know Dina would uh, give you the biggest hug ever because I will as well. So. Pleasure. She will. She's, yeah. She is all that. She's, she's a hugger. That. That's for sure. She is definitely <laughs> a hugger. Most marvelous hugs. And she's a great dancer, too. I yes. met some woman on a dance floor, and she is a great dancer, too. She doesn't stop. Sometimes you kind of have to just pull her away from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much so. I'm coming to you from the Mermaid Lounge here on beautiful Orcas Island in the Salish Sea. And I have two guests who will be joining with uh, me a little bit, uh, Reese Thorvald Hansen and uh, Falana Goodrich. Um, but before the break, I was looking for this really potent poem that came my way today. And uh, I want to share it with you. It's called The Live Together by Liesl Muller. Speaking of marvels, I am alive together with you. When I might have been alive with anyone under the sun, when I might have been Abelard's woman or the whore of a Renaissance Pope or a peasant wife with not enough food, not enough love, with my children dead of the plague. I might have slept in an alcove next to the man with the golden nose who poked it into the business of stars or sewn a starry flag for a general with wooden teeth. I might have been the exemplary Pocahontas or a woman without a name, weeping in master's bed for my husband, exchanged for a mule, my daughter lost in a drunken bed. I might have been stretched on a totem pole to appease an vindictive God or left a useless girl child to die on a cliff. I like to think I might have been Mary Shelley in love with a wrong-headed angel or Mary's friend. I might have been you. This poem is endless and the odds against us are endless. Our chances of being alive together, statistically non-existent. Still, we have made it. Alive in a time when rationalists and square hats and hatless Jehovah's Witnesses agree it is almost over. Alive with our lively children who, but for endless ifs, might have missed out on being alive together. 
with marvels and follies and longings and lies and wishes and airs and humor and mercy and journeys and voices and faces and colors and summers and mornings and knowledge and tears and chance. It's an exciting time to be alive together with you, Reese. I wanna bring my first guest along, um, Reese Hansen, and I have known one another for um, probably about six years, seven years now. And I am gonna invite uh, them in to share a little bit about where they are and what is sparking in them what's their essence, what is the heart of the matter for them. So welcome, Reese. Hello, Gretchen. I'm so pleased to be here with you this morning. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Reese Torval Hansen, um, and I am a settler of European descent, living on the homelands of Coast Salish people, including the Tawasan, the Lummi, the Nooksack, and Semiamu up in Northwest Washington. I'm also a non-binary artist. I'm a facilitator um, and I work a lot in community organizing around food systems, land, and our relationships between different people and those different beings. So thank you, Gretchen. I'm just so excited to join you in your kitchen here. It's wonderful to see you. And I'm, I'm just thinking of you um, out there in the Salish Sea across the connections that we hold. Um, you were part of my Orcas Island life for a, a while and um, really strong threads in your community activism and the work that you're doing in the Salish Sea. I've learned so much from you about um, how to be uh, present to this place that we're in and understand the cultural dynamics of it. Can you talk a little bit about what is uh, stirring in you right now? Um, what's driving yeah. you? Yeah. Well, first, I, I'm so flattered that you feel like you've you've learned from me because I feel like I've just been such a deep student of those of those things. So it's so wonderful to sort of be in that in that practice together. Um, I. Do you want me to talk more about my art first or my work first? What What's is, the thread you want to pull? What feels really rising in you right now? Because as you bring a, your creative spark, it, it holds different areas where you, you, you bring it into the world. So I'm going to let you take that lead. Is what, What's rising for you to share? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just asked you to separate those two things. But for me, my art and my work are in, mm -hmm. inseparable. So it's just kind of what what thread to pull on, but um, I'll start with some of my creative pursuits, which uh, have been, you know, as many of us have been in sort of extended lockdown, we've had more time and attention to them. So I've long been a, a fiber artist and sort of enthusiastically learning how to knit and, um, and do tapestry, block printing, all kinds of expressive. Um, but during the pandemic, I also learned how to now rug tuft um, so I'm learning to make these big, beautiful, um, tufted rugs with this kind of little, I don't know, fiber art machine gun, um, which I love uh, to have this sort of like sort of tool that spouts out creative, creative, beautiful pieces. Um, I also work as a digital illustrator. So I do a lot of um, kind of pop prints and nature, nature based pieces, which I'm now exploring having put on clothing. Um, but really all of this is about 
how can we cultivate a kind of stillness and awareness of, um, of all the beings that are around us um, to be in community, not just with the people that we share our shores with, but the trees and the stones and the earth. And I, I, I kind of laugh at myself sometimes because I like have such an aversion to kind of um, what I call hippie woo, which is my sort of millennial <laughs> showing, my sort of millennial snobbery. Um, but over the past couple of years, particularly as I've done more work with uh, deep relational organizing, more with work with indigenous organizations and people, I've understand kind of the quiet radicalism of slowing down, of being still, um, and being in really, really deep relationship um, with something, as opposed to kind of glancing at it or looking at at ideas and and people as as things to sort of extract or sort of build um, build your web around. You know, I, I really hold you as a social artist, which I think can um, bring all of those strands, as you say, together. And something that I've admired in you for so long is your, I mean, your use of your hands. You're, you're always working on something with your hands, which I find, you know, very um, reminiscent of the, the there's arts that we've lost the crafts that, that of, of creating um so that that presence that you bring and beauty uh, just how the world has beauty and as an illustrator the art that i've seen you create um, but also the spaces that you create are inclusive and they're warm and they're opening um, and they're fun they're fun. Oh, thank you. So, you know, that that social artistry of including and catalyzing people to belong. Yeah, I uh, I've gotten kind of um, I keep coming back to this sort of like quiet radicalism, but you'd be amazed at the things that people will say in front of you when you're knitting um, as though your attention can't be on multiple things. So the, the puckish part of me sort of enjoys that. Um, that doubleness of like being really present with people, but without necessarily being aware of that, um, which can be really fun. Uh, and I also, yeah, I have to keep my hands busy. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about my grandmother and my her grandmothers um, and the, the kind of of domestic magic is kind of trivializing, but kind of the, the, the pieces that they put their quiet attention to, to create small pieces of beauty, to reflect the beauty that they saw around them. And even as, uh, as you said, I, my hands are always busy. Gretchen and I have attended a number of conferences together back when we could do so. And I always was dragging around a giant knitting bowl and three different pieces and, you know, some ungodly sweater that I'm going to, you know, drag around this core conference hall. But I can be so much more present to what I'm listening to. And I really like, particularly when I'm listening to um, presenters that are really resonant to feel like I'm sort of knitting uh, what they're saying into my memory. I'm knitting the experience of what is happening into place so I can sort of settle into it. There's such a barrage of information and stimulus and I love it. I'm just as addicted to my cell phone as, as anybody else. I'm not looking to move out into, well, I guess I'm not looking to move out into the woods. I do live out in the woods, um, but I love the, the ability to sort of opt in and, and opt out for that information mm -hmm. stream. Um, being towards the idea of not digest, uh, not just consuming things, right. not just consuming our hobbies, not just consuming information that's coming in, but making space to digest that. Mm -hmm. 
and the eye that you have for doing it right. For as many things as I've seen you create, I've watched you also take them apart when it hasn't been right. And I mean, that that's a dedication, probably why I don't knit or, or sew or crochet, because <laughs> you're so willing to unravel it and redo it so that it's it's done the way that you want it. I, I really I, I used to be I. <laughs> a, a little bit less like that, but I sort of figured out that it only takes me maybe six months to knit a sweater, but then I have to live with it for the rest of forever. Uh -huh. um, and that 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 error that I feel too lazy or whatever, I don't want to go back and fix, then I stare at it every time I wear that sweater and I, I hate it. So now <laughs> it's a less less emotionally troubling. Um, but I it, it took me a long time to get restarted in, in art and creative processes as an adult. I was really into it as a child and then sort of stopped about the time I hit puberty. Um, and it felt really risky to go back into it. There's a lot mm -hmm. of messages about um, making pieces to sell. I still get a lot of pressure. People really want me to sell all of my stuff. Um, and there's uh, there's so much pressure when you are making a piece for commercial purposes to have it sort of be likable, to have it be digestible, to have people sort of look at an eye. And if you're just making for the sake of making, it really frees you up. And I have found actually that my most powerful pieces are made when I have sort of the least attachment um, to that to that outcome. And I can really play with that tension of of color or form. Um, and kind of poke at people in that way that I like to do with my pieces. And having um, a creative textile, being able to have wearable art, I hold that in really high value. So I can see why you're getting nudges to bring your art into pieces that people can wear. I look forward to that myself. Um, I know that you've got a great eye and you have uh, a passion for color. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what comes from your, your designs onto something that I can wear on the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely going to happen. Um, you know, I, I have, my problem is I'm one of those people that like knows too many things and thinks about it too much. So knowing what I do about the textile industry, I've been moving at a really slow pace to bring stuff to market because I don't want to contribute to the textile waste, uh, I know that, you know, on an individual level, we only have so much control. So it's been kind of this like unicorn supplier search to bring um, pieces up that I don't feel like are exporting human misery um, mm -hmm. and planet misery into other places, which is a lot, you know, a lot of our consumer streams are heavily impacted. And since, um, you know, I've talked about my work with, with art, but I've been a food systems and a land activist um, for almost a decade. Um, most recently working with organizations like Agrarian Trust to sort of take land out of a commodity-based market into more community relational spaces. And now, like, the more that I dig into those, I just can't, I can't look away from the, the spheres of impact that we have, just sort of make my, my devil's peace with them about the parts that I have control over and the parts that I don't. Well, you, you think of things systemically and, you know, appreciating that creating things with integrity and being in right relationship with your work and what you're putting out into the world so that it's not causing harm. So I think that that leads into the work that you're doing in social justice. You've mentioned the Agrarian Trust. Um, you're also doing work with um, Salmon Nation and Indigenize and, um, you know, you're, you're 
I find that, that you're, you're, you spark a lot of opportunities for me to learn things that I need to, to know, to understand more the complexity. And maybe that's kind of like your, your warp and your woof, you know, you're, yeah. you're creating things <laughs> that are intersecting. So can you give us a little bit of um, information about these, these ways that people can tap into learning more? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, it's funny because part of the the pandemic was sort of I, I tried to shift down to kind of just doing one thing and focusing on it and I did that for about six months and then it was like oh this isn't actually for me I've I've always been kind of a permaculturalist where I need to plant um, in many places so I work really closely with like Gretchen said a number of organizations um, very close to my heart Salmon Nation is a bioregional organization that was founded in the last couple of years around everywhere that salmon have historically lived. So it's most of the West Coast of the United States and Canada, um, but also, you know, goes in as far as Montana and, you know, parts of um, the Yukon, depending on where salmon have traditionally been. And the ethos behind it is sort of how can we um, combine respect for and gratitude for the indigenous wisdom of these places, um, the change makers who are trying radical things in their community to celebrate artists and healers, um, to bring us all together to exchange information, support one another, and also kind of usher in uh, a more rich economy and community. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a bit messy to talk about, but it's just sort of how, how can we have the the deepest relationship with places and people to for people to have the most um, positive experiences of those of those in the world. Um, Indigenize, gosh, I just love Indigenize so much. So Indigenize is started by um, Kelly Trabasket and Kim Haxton, and they use something called the creative arts empowerment method. Mm -hmm. um, to primarily empower Indigenous youth, but have recently been now working with uh, other European settlers like myself um, to support us on our journey to allyship. Mm -hmm. And their, their core ethos is that arts, um, and not just sort of like capital A art, but like singing songs together, playing silly games. Um, you know, there's a lot of like theater games and doing, you know, guided visualizations while you're drawing that those look like silly children's games, but they're actually doing really radical things mm -hmm. that help bring us together and connect us um, and allow us to be vulnerable in the ways that we need to be to learn alongside one another. Um, so I, I just adore them. I feel like I learned so much um, through my work and have been really grateful, um, particularly to Kelly Trabasket for her sort of mentorship on, on learning how to be an ally, but then also how to take these creative arts practices and apply it to all of my other work to understand that this culture making this art making is the work um not in the way of this the larger systemic goals that we have beautifully said and can you actually um give us uh, some websites so i will put them in the show notes too but how can people learn more about salmon nation yeah you can find um salmon nation at salmonnation.net um, this is a really great time to plug into. We're just about to have our second annual festival of what works. Uh, it's going to be the first, about the first week of November. Um, so keep an eye out. Registration is just about to open for that, but we bring, you know, 50 plus 
amazing presenters from around the bioregion kind of sharing what they're doing that works in their community. Um, you can find out uh, about indigenized, this sounds unrelated, but their other settler-based initiative is called Kinshift. So you can find it at kinshift.ca. And then Agrarian Trust is at agrariantrust.org. And you know, they're all on social media. So wherever you want to you want to show up and, and follow along, you can do so. They're wonderful. Well, you're doing such amazing things with them and you're bringing what they're doing out into the world. So, and, and you know, that playfulness, that creative access to our, our childhood wonder um, is so important to be able to, to touch that through song and through art and through color um, and creating that space. And where can people find out more about what you're doing, Reese? What's your website? Yeah, um, people can find me at terracognita.studio is my website, or you can find me on Instagram at reese.earth. Um, I'm not a super frequent, you know, poster on either of those places. So no, if you sign up, you're only going to get updates when I have something to say. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you'll see digital art, you'll see weird mushrooms that I take pictures of, uh, you'll see rants about whatever's going on in, in the world that I have been upset about since I was 15. Um, but I really like connecting with people. So really encourage everybody to get in touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your stuff is so, so much fun to look at and watching your designs come forth is great. That's the way that you walk in the world and the things that you're doing in service to um, introducing and weaving people together is so, so potent. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just, I have one more thing that I'd love to touch about that kind of artist that should be like people's resistance. They think that they're not creative or, mm -hmm. you know, again, these sort of like child games. Um, I think it could be really easy, particularly in Western culture for us to think that we can think our way out of problems. Like that's the capacity that we cultivate the most. Um, but there's a real power in the imagination of children who are not sort of stuck on what is possible or probable, um, but sort of what they want things to be. So playing in these creative spaces, like not just in my actual art, but in these organizations, I think really gets us to a place of like, okay, but if we were really to get your crayon, bro crayon box and draw the world that you want, what would that look like? And, mm -hmm. and we need to know that in order to move towards it, as opposed to like, here's our three-step plan to sort of resolve these ills. So creative visualization in a way of, um, seeing where you want to go and letting it come out. That intuition is such a driver for, for so many of us and it's not something that we're cultivating. So how can we tap into that right brain and uh, pull out what's wanting to be seen? Yeah, bad art. It's good for the soul. Good for the organizations, <laughs> good for the world. I really, I believe it, I believe it. Um, like I said, I didn't, I didn't do any of it for a long time because I was so bad about, you know, afraid of making bad art. And now I'm so thrilled when I make something that comes out terrible. Because <laughs> what did I, what did I learn in the process of making this terrible art that maybe nobody but me needs to see? There's your t-shirt, right? You know, bad art is good for the soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have that. And then my like official, I think pandemic 2021, one motto is like if you can be anything be weird just like go for it and this is in the context of I have this little moped that I like to ride around my tiny community and I bought a 
kind of like this black and gold wizard robe. And I was like, I'm just embracing it. I'm just riding my neon moped in my wizard robe around Point Roberts because, you know, what matters? None of this matters. Just be silly. Go for it. Exactly. Lighten it up because we're living in extraordinary times and the magic of being able to be here together with you now. Wow. What a gift. So, oh, thank you so, so much, beautiful. Gretchen. Yeah. I really appreciate what you're bringing into the world and into my life. You've taught me a lot about um, how you hold yourself in the world. And um, as you know, a non-binary, um, you give me grace and space when I stumble. Um, so thank <laughs> you for being your beautiful, beautiful self, Reese Hansen. Well, thank you for being one of my um, like beloved elders and mentors and aunties and friend, Gretchen. It, it just has really been mutual. It's great to have had this time with you. So we're going to move to a break right now. Thank you, Reese, for joining us. I hope you'll stay. And when we come back from break, we're going to have a beautiful Orcas Island creative, Falana Goodrich, joining us. So take us away, KKNW 1150. Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Remember when your parents said you're grounded? That's the tip of the week. <laughs> I think it's a great prescription. I remember when I was raising my kids that I was always going, I was always doing, and I never had my feet on the ground. So as I learned the chakra work, I have been working on my root chakra, that's the base chakra, for pretty much all of my adult life. And that just means not only stopping, that was last week's prescription, but also putting your feet on the earth, being outside, hugging a tree. I know that sounds silly these days, but it's so important. It's almost essential to be on the earth. And so my newest prescription is when I take a walk, I bring a little throw, a little blanket, and I sit on the earth and I lay down and I look up. I might do some yoga poses, but the most important thing is grounding, stopping and connecting with mother earth taking some time to breathe. That's our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Do you feel stressed, exhausted, or burned out? Would you like to identify your unique warning signs and know what to do? Are you ready to learn how to calm your system and increase your energy so you are healthier, happier, and more productive? Learn from an expert. I transform my life from burnout to bliss, and you can too. Go to MarlaWilliams.net Click on Learn and sign up for my Burnout Prevention Formula course and move from burnout to bliss in just six weeks or less. Tune in every third Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. for the sustainability sessions with host Rebecca Sayer. Learn from and be inspired by local leaders, thinkers, and problem solvers who are tackling the sustainable living questions through invention, collaboration, and hard work. This lively and thought-provoking show focuses on tangible, practical measures that we can all take to reduce our carbon footprint and rethink how we relate to the resources of our natural world. Don't forget, that's the Sustainability Sessions with host Rebecca Sayer, every third Friday on Lift Your Spirits Radio at 8 a.m. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, 
fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. are the tunes of Falana Goodrich. Hi, welcome back. This is Gretchen at Heart of the Matter on KKNW 1150 here on the second Friday of the month. Um, Dina Marie's Lift Your Spirit Radio. Really, really happy to be here. Um, Just had a beautiful conversation with my friend Reese and looking forward to introducing you to my friend Falana Goodrich. Um, Falana has lived on Orcas Island and I've known her in many iterations. This is a brilliant young woman whom I've had the pleasure of watching grow up. So when I said, can I call you Tootsie? And you said, well, we might need a little context for that. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to introduce you now. This is my friend, Falana Goodrich, Tootsie to me. Hi, Falana, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Really good to have you here. So yeah, tell us about where you are and how you are and what's up for you creatively right now. Um, well, I'm, uh, let's see, let's see. Well, I've, I'm doing good and I'm really, um, I'm very excited actually to be living on Orcas. I've been in Nashville for the last Nashville for the last seven years, mm-hmm. New York before that Seattle before that. And I, you know, it was just this big epiphany last year when I moved back to Orcas for the first time in 22 years that, you know, as long as I've got Wi-Fi. I'm good. I can do music. <laughs> you know, there's always this feeling like I couldn't come back home because I was always in performance uh-huh. and I needed, you know, venues and stages. And so um, that kind of leads me into what I'm doing and what, what I'm enjoying the most is just actually being in the background and writing music for TV and, um, and film, hopefully someday. I haven't had my first uh, movie yet, but uh yeah, so to get out of performing has been a little bit of a relief, which I'm kind of, I never thought I'd be saying out loud. Um, <laughs> but I'm really enjoying mornings, like seeing sunrises. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like when, you're, when you're loading out at 3 a.m., it's, it's not a possibility. Absolutely. Well, you've had, I mean, looking at your performances uh, over the years, Seattle, New York, Nashville, um, all those different influences in your music. What What's your favorite style of music? Do you have a preference? Oh, I'll always love pop. I mean, uh-huh. it's it depends on the mood, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying making, a, lately I've been making suspense music, you know, like mm-hmm. suspenseful scores for TV. And um, I love that because I, I never identified with, that kind of that genre and so and I think a big part of being an artist um 
is is kind of breaking through your own limitations and your own barriers and self-expression and so that that's been fun but I mean like when I when I leave the islands and I have to go on a, a shopping trip you know shopping trip or something um I'll uh I'll blast the pop music <laughs> you know, we can dance so fun yeah yeah the ability to just dance around boy we're needing it now more than ever aren't we Oh, we need it so badly. I mean, pop is, it's funny with pop because there's, it's usually always in minor and there's usually kind of a sad kind of like, um, oh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a silly, youthful, like, woe is me. Um, like I just broke up or it's, somebody's always falling in love or always, huh. or breaking up or making a bad decision, you know? <laughs> so, and then behind, like behind that is a really like up, pop beat you know and you want to dance to it and it's yeah it's it's nice it lifts everybody up we need some we need stupid music <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of catchy town yeah i watched that thing you do the other day and it just drove the point home right you just get that sound and it's in your head um Yep. It's going to be in my head now all day long. Ooh, doing that thing you do. It's like, right, always... right, right. Yeah, that, that pop, that pop piece. So, you know, maybe that's what I'm going to be looking for when I see you later. It's like, so let me hear what, what the sound is for today. <laughs> You've got another creative um, avenue that is absolutely brilliant. And it's been a gift to me to get to know you that way very styling um you want to say a little bit about uh, your day job yeah so um about three days a week I style hair I'm a hairstylist I've been doing that for 18 years and um yeah it's it's nice because in the studio is so you're you're closed in and you're you're not around anybody for hours at a time and I need to be social to a certain extent otherwise I just get weird <laughs> and so it's it's pretty balancing because you're gonna be around people and you know conversation and all that and you still get to be creative. Um, you're just making art with hair. So so yeah, I do that on the side and and I'll I'll probably will always do that. I don't think hairstylists ever retire. There's always someone <laughs> they just go to curl. <laughs> Yeah, well, I totally. love what you do with color. You know, I mean, when you look at the uh, the postcard for today's show, Reese's got the most amazing color. Um, they yeah. do such, such a great job, and I've watched you do color. Um, yes. I have gone au natural, um, so I'm one of those silver silver girls. But you make it always look so fabulous. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's pretty balancing for the music thing. Um, and people have commented on your color, by the way, because oh. you have this streak. Like if anybody looks at the photo of you, like you've got this the beautiful silver streak right in the front. That's just uh -huh. like, it's natural for you. But people come in asking if we can actually dye a silver streak in front. So I thought that might <laughs> amuse you <laughs> to know. Oh, that, that was part of my journey at 60 was to say, all right, I've done enough Ferrier forever and let's see what color my hair really is. And so it's been um, lovely to actually see different uh, shades of myself come through. 
Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny so, because, well, um, I'm sorry, what were we going to say? No, go ahead. I was just going to make the final comment about with Silver, so many people, you know, during quarantine got a chance to see their roots. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of women coming in being like, you know what, I just want you to match the roots, take me back to what's what would be underneath this color. And um, they, it was, <laughs> it didn't have that satisfying punch of like highlights or something. A lot of people actually mm -hmm. like, you know, they had, they would go into shock when they'd see themselves all of a sudden with their natural silvers and stuff or what it would look like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know and that's been my invitation to some of my pals is like well you know you, you've gotten this far just cut it short if it's bugging you but let's that's, see what you've got let's see yeah yeah that's so like, it's, it's it's an artistic choice I know that's a good way to do it just cut it all off enjoy being short for a while and then just grow it all afresh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well I think because hair carries I mean you know it, 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 our hair carries our legacy so when I cut mine short um, to release the old color it was liberating it was mm -hmm. really something to to free that yeah totally yeah so there's something that's happening on our, our little island, and I see you as part of this, Alana. Um, there's a lot of you all coming home. It's really encouraging for me, um, who's been here for 30 years, but to see the 30 and 40-year-olds who are coming back to the island or have come back in the last few years and the businesses that they're in and the ways that they're living here and contributing to the fabric of the community yeah, you said a little earlier in your intro about coming back and being able yeah. to work from here how is that for you it's really sweet it's really sweet it's funny because when i think about graduating high school from from oregon mm -hmm. i remember really literally thinking that was the last time i was going to see everybody like mm -hmm. and just being like bye you guys I'm so excited not to ever see you again because we'd grown up with each other I've known some of these people since first grade you know most of them since first grade and I was we were all so sick of each other and now um like coming back and seeing everybody you know with their families and grown up and starting their businesses and getting back into the fabric of Orcas Island it's just really beautiful because it should be carried on. Like there's a culture to this island and it's going to disappear if we don't come back, you know, or if we don't, you know, keep up that culture and kind of set that, set that tone, I guess, um, or, you know, just keep our roots, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been really beautiful actually. And um, um, really kind of sweet, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's the, the challenge is finding a place to live. If your parents didn't keep their property or like hand it down, hand down land, you know, it goes back to that housing crisis where Island is having. So that's the heartbreaking side of it is like when people do want to come back to their home and they can't. So there mm -hmm. is that, that aspect um, or not being able to go to the beaches you grew up on. Um, right. They tend to be very private. So, you know, we've been talking about um, our relationship to land earlier with race and how we get uh, land restored to the commons so that people have access to it 
I think would be what we need to have is uh, some dancing in East Sound Square. I think <laughs> we're ready for the, you know, let, with the green before the rains begin, it might be time to actually crank up the volume and uh, get out there and do some moving because there's amazing musicians on this island. Shalana. There's amazing musicians they're um and they're dying to play and um and we need it you know i mean orcas island like small all small communities are just like a smaller petri dish of what's going on in the larger picture mm -hmm. and orcas you know these small communities are getting weird man like we need to dance it out <laughs> you know like facially you know socially distanced and everything but we just need to you know bust a move and get some stuff out of our system because i feel like um Kind of people are losing you know there's a lot of fear bouncing around and we have to pay attention to that because fear is sneaky and mm -hmm. we we can lose our humanity in all of this um and it's there for a reason it's it's there to to guide us you know um into making right decisions and all that but um i think it's easy at this time to be isolated and then get trapped in our our fears Mm -hmm. And uh, there's something really beautiful about the arts. There's something really beautiful about dance mm -hmm. that just shakes it off and reminds you, you know, of the beautiful side of being human. And I've noticed like these days I've been starting out the day just watching a video. It, it could be like Korean ceramics or it could be <laughs> like the other day I posted on Facebook. It was like this beautiful, it was a pole dancing contest and it was this <laughs> incredible athlete she was an incredible dancer and i was moved to tears and it was just like what a great way to start the day it reminds you of all the beautiful things that exist around us and we need that's our responsibility to ourselves you know because we're getting weird we're getting yeah. weird yeah 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 and, and we're living in extraordinary times um earlier i read a poem about you know that the ability for us to be together now is it seems so impossible and it's such a joy to be able to have this time and space and how can we move towards hope and love mm -hmm. and not get caught up in the fear or the despair mm -hmm. so we're going to actually um take ourselves uh, away with your song um, and that we can invite everybody to get up and move, to bust a move. Um, how can we find you, Falana? Give us your website. Um, it's falanamusic.com. I probably should revamp that website. But, um, and then, you know, I'm on SoundCloud. Like I've got a lot of, like my TV catalogs are on SoundCloud. Um, and then, you know, I've got YouTube music videos and stuff. Okay. So if somebody just Googles, you know, Falana music, Falana Goodrich music. Falana. It's like my whole life has kind of gone a little bit more inward and geared towards music supervisors and, you know, publishers. But all that stuff is still on the island or not on the island, on the web. On the web, we'll find it. Yep, because you're on, you're here. Well, thank you. I want to thank Falana Goodrich for being with me today, and Reese um, Horrible Pants. And this has been wonderful to have. And I'll be back next month on uh, KKNW eleven fifty. We're gonna say goodbye with Falana. Bust a move. Thank you guys. See you next month. <laughs> They can disapprove all they want and I, I know that it won't.
won't change a thing Hot-headed, tempering, face that fly You know what I wanna see How far you'll go Oh, me 